Like him, I killed in the name of good. But the violence of my life pulled my soul towards the darkness. But I fought and freed my soul. Now I watch for others like me. Men are the ones who create evil on earth. It is the choices they make that enslave their souls to hell. This is the test. But we are an extension of the earth. We are energy and we are spirit. Before we will be strong enough to fight and stand up to the enemy, we are going to have to evaluate how we use our own energy. Are we misusing our own energy? Are we misusing ourselves? Because we got to deal with that before we can deal with being misused by someone else. Alternative energy. We are alternative energy. We are it. We have power. We must gear ourselves for a long struggle. We must never give up hope. We must never turn our back on it and say we're not going to make it. Because those who turn their back and say we're not going to make it, then they're not going to. That's it for them. But the spirit of the people, the spirit of the people, the spirit of the earth. We live in a natural world. We go through we go through lives. All of our ancestors who were here before us, all of our relations who were here with us and went into the spirit world. See, they didn't go to heaven or hell. They're here. They are spirit power. We connect with them. They will help us. They will help us to survive this thing. This madness that is coming, this machine madness that is being imposed upon all of us. What we must do is we must seriously think and consider our situation today as human beings. Because we're talking about sexism and ageism and racism and classism. We're talking about a nuclear attack against the earth. We're talking about a lot of things. They want to confuse us with nuclear bombs. They want to confuse us with the draft. They want to confuse us with the whole economics. But we must put, take a little bit of time every day anyway. And put some of that confusion to the side and think about who we are in relationship to the earth. The earth has the ability to heal and the earth has the ability to help us. The earth is power. We're looking to the wrong source for our power. And the more we look to the wrong source, the more powerless we become. And they will attack. You take that flower power movement that was in the middle 60s. These were young white people coming out of middle America. And these were the ones that were saying it doesn't matter what you look like or how you dress or how much money you make. And they became a threat to America. So America attacked them. America attacked them with LSD and speed and heroin and drugs. America took them and discredited them and said, said they're no longer flower power children who come from your middle class homes. They are drug addicts. And they had a generation gap. See, but everybody was so caught up in mind expansionism and idealism, they said, well, the LSD is a good thing for us, and we really want it because it helps us to grow and see. But I consider it to be an act of war. The CIA was experimenting with LSD for specifically for that purpose, to use it in chemical warfare, and they saw a whole segment of the American public was turning, turning into a, a consciousness that talked about true human life values, so they dropped their LSD bomb. You see, because mind expansion and consciousness alteration was taking place. That's what the civil rights movement was. That's what the flower power movement was. That's what the anti-war movement was. It was people whose minds and their consciousness was expanding and starting to become more realistic. So they turned around and they dropped a few things on us to divert our energy. So we have 
We have to be very careful. We must always think. We must always look to see because there's an answer for everything that is going on if we're willing to take the time to look for it and to see it. We are power. We are energy. We are spirit. We are the people. We want to be free. We want our liberation. Then we must take the responsibility that goes with liberation and freedom and that responsibility is is to be able to take the time to analyze and to think and to feel things out to their logical conclusion. Feel, stay with these things to the end, to the good conclusion. We cannot come and get involved in this for a year or two years. We must pick our way of life and we must live to it. And no matter how hard anybody here thinks that it is, you think about all of our relatives that are locked up in prison cells. Think about how hard it is for them. But they're strong enough to endure. Well, we're out here. We should be strong enough to endure also. Think about all the women and children and, and men, the people that have had to endure centuries and centuries of oppression. Strong enough to endure. We must do that. We must find a way to communicate with each other. We must find a way to have a more open human compassion. We must go back to the ways of the earth. It's the only way we're going to protect the unborn. We must never quit. We must be resistance. We must build a resistance that passes on the information and the knowledge of our mistakes to the next generation. We must not become too movement-oriented where we get caught up in our own arrogance because we're chasing a cause. We must build our power. And we must understand that we build strong. We must build to survive. Not to change the politics right now. We must build to survive. Because pretty soon, pretty soon a lot of these conversations will not they will not allow them to take place anymore. Pretty soon we're going to have to be looking at each other in a way where we're either where we're allies. There's going to come a time in our lifetime, and many of us will see it. There's going to come a time where we're going to have to run to each other for safety. That time is coming. And anyone who refuses to believe it, anyone who still believes the American lie that it can't happen here, then you have our sympathy. And we do not mean to offend you. <laughs> Stay with us as long as you can, and when you see it start to happen, then you make your decision. Because Reagan, Reagan's not your enemy. Reagan's just, he's an actor. <laughs> he's saying the words that somebody is putting into his hands to say. He's reading his script, and they got this thing well planned. And they intend that they're going to break the backbone of resistance in America. And they're going to do it under their so-called energy crisis. I don't know what the answers are or the solutions. But we know that let's pray. Every day we could pray. We could pray to the earth and we could pray to the ways that we believe. And pray for some kind of understanding. And take a little bit of time to get to know ourselves and be comfortable with ourselves. Take a little time, see, because the enemy has come into us. The enemy, has, the enemy is inside of us. The enemy exploits our ego exploits our needs and our wants. You know, there are things in this world that we need to have to survive. And there are things in this world that we want because we want them. We are going to have to relearn the difference. We are going to have to learn to take what we need, even if it means giving up some of the excess that we want. And if we cannot give too much to a way of life. I thank you for your time.
Okay, welcome to Freedom's Rising today on the TylerBloyer.com live stream. We are here on May 27th, 2023, and the title of today's episode is Freedom's Rising, Unslaving the Mind. And we've done many episodes and a whole series and project on the topic of Freedom's Rising, and that's the idea here today is we're going to continue on with that uh, topic and discussion and ongoing project of Freedom's Rising. Now that introduction just to cover quickly was uh, Jonathan Trudeau or John Trudeau, Trudell, I guess is how you would say it. And uh, here on the screen, you can see in the Info Galactic, I'm just going to read a little bit about him. He is no longer with us as of December 8th, 2015, but he was a Native American author, poet, actor, musician, and political activist. He was a spokesperson for the United Indians of All Tribes Takeover of Alcatraz beginning in 1969, broadcasting as Radio Free Alcatraz during most of the 1970s. He served as a chairman for the American Indian Movement based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Obviously, you know, we can go on, but just to give you a little idea of who that was speaking, uh, basically an activist, uh, a lot of powerful words and a lot of uh, powerful clips that I've heard of him. I've not read too much of his work or followed his work, you know, heavily. And so again, you know, the constant disclaimer of, well, just because I felt like that was a good clip to open up this particular episode as it ties in with the content and the type of media that we're going to be producing here today, uh, you know, what he was saying there. It doesn't mean that, you know, that everything he did or said is something I'm on board or backing or, you know, and that goes for people that we'll be discussing in this episode today as well. And, you know, continuing on forward, that disclaimer, I suppose, has to be had. But, you know, and then you see people would say, well, if you don't fully agree with them, then why do you, you know, put them in your work? And it's, you know, we're trying to provide an eclectic array of thoughts and opinions. It's not all just about agreeing and being like-minded at that same point, but then also, you know, it'd be pretty limited to not be able to share in the multimedia content that we produce here. Uh, if you had to only, you know, the perfect individuals on the planet could be put into the episode, like that wouldn't really work out either. But again, John Trudell will also be featured in the exiting music today, which I'm not going to give away what that is quite yet. But he's uh, sampled, actually, in the exiting clips. So those that know, uh, you know, what songs that John Trudell might be put in as a sample, uh, will be able to guess what the exiting music is today. But we'll we'll get to that point here, hopefully in not too long from now. I did notice that last week when I created a little bit of a shorter episode, that the post-production was a lot simpler because some of the ways that I process files to the sites that I put them on uh, it fit just perfectly under the limit of that site, so I didn't have to go through a long process of, uh, you know, using Handbrake to compress the archive or the MP4, you know, to make it smaller to fit. So, anyway, that's one benefit of keeping it under two hours. We'll see how we do today on that. I'm going to try to kind of speed through the announcements so we can get into the bulk of the work and uh, that we'll be co- discussing today with unslaving the mind, a very important topic within Freedoms Rising, and it's not going to be the encompassing end-all, be-all of the information. This is not meant to be 
the the all-encompassing presentation on the topic this is today an exploration in that you know with a slight hint of unslaving the mind with other things that have to do with freedoms rising as well and taking this format on my traditional just sort of free-flowing streams here that I create throughout the week um, not super far out planned on where the trajectory is with my free-form content but Freedoms Rising is absolutely something, like I said, that we've been discussing, that we're going to continue to discuss. And, you know, I'm kind of smiling and laughing because the dual or maybe even more than two meaning purpose of what I'm saying with Freedoms Rising is not just a project. This is something we are all working on collectively, at least those of us that are consciously creating and consciously creating freedom and, uh, you know, using uh, this experience to actually bring about more freedom and prosperity for the future and uh so that you know it's not just a project of mine freedoms rising although you know it is at freedomsrising.live you can find the live stream there uh today we are multi-streaming so if you're having a problem with you know odyssey i, th I think someone was saying last week they were having some hiccups with odyssey then we can hop over to you know the live stream here and see that it is live streaming on Odyssey. There's my mug right there. And we can go over to Freedoms Rising, which is going to be on freedomsrising.live, is live streaming on Twitch. So that's a different platform, obviously, and we're, we're multicasting there, multi-streaming. I know it's not like, oh, we're multi-streaming, it's so cool, but... I'm not actually using a service for this. I'm doing some techniques here locally uh, to get it out. And yeah, I think, you know, I used to go live on like Facebook and YouTube, which is obviously no longer a thing for TylerBlair.com anyhow. And we used to uh, go on like everything I could go live on. Now, uh, that may come back and I'm going to start, you know, using maybe a third party software again or create some setups here to do that locally. But for now, the Odyssey flow works really well because I then post the content on my page, tylerblair.com, with the Odyssey embed, Odyssey download link. That gives me the ability to pretty much publish as soon as it's ready to go after the live stream. Then I can get it up to the alternative outlets. And within, you know, I've really got it down to a couple hours of work after a show to have it 100% done and then in the process for getting ready for next week. And uh, the faster I can start getting things on the board for the next week's content, the more likely it is that I'm going to be able to, you know, really push through and get it out there and done. Because, folks, if you've ever created content like this or uh, you know, written a book or, you know, worked on a creative endeavor, um, it's great to have a timeline. But then also, you know, you can get behind really quick and not have the thing ready by the time it's ready to go. And today was definitely like that. Uh, I felt like putting it off several times and saying, well, it's not quite ready yet, you know, but I pushed through, I got the slides done essentially five minutes before the show started. So if there's some mistakes in the slides today, I apologize for that. But again, you know, we're not trying to be perfect. Perfect is the enemy of the done is what one of the phrases I was trying to think of a couple episodes ago, and I couldn't think of it. But you know, sometimes trying to do things perfect, yeah, we should strive for excellence, we should strive for perfection. And in some sort of live conference or an official presentation I'm trying to give, obviously, I can spend the time to 
try and get as close to perfect as possible, right? And even then, if that's going to be too much of a hindrance to just getting it done, and that's, you know, this Sunday or Saturday, Sunday show that I do, depends on the day, is not meant to be, like I said, me, oh, I'm an expert on this thing, and I'm going to bring it out and give you the absolute exact details on how it all goes, and everything's going to be perfectly laid out. It's more off the cuff. The slides are there to help me think about what I wanted to say and make the presentation nicer for the people watching it, more aesthetically pleasing, and maybe, hopefully, easier to understand the information as well, and up my game with the ability to to purvey the information and my ability to put the information out there. So, with all that said, we've been discussing fear control, climate control, you know, the climate meaning psychological control, more of mind control technique with the, you know, the uh, whole climate change agenda thing and agenda 21, agenda 2030, and, you know, saving the planet, really about controlling you. And the creature of control is the topic we've been in. But today, although it's related, we're going to be talking more about freedoms rising, but freedoms rising definitely relates to our creature, our creature of control, because if we are the creature of control, that's going to be one of the hindrances of freedoms rising. And we'll talk about today some of the roadblocks and hindrances of freedoms rising and the things that get in the way of that, but then also some of the requirements. So that's uh, the topics that we'll be discussing today are going to be freedoms rising, obviously. Uh, What are the requirements necessary in order to bring about freedoms rising? So what are the things that we need to have in place that are required in order for freedoms rising to occur. And, uh, and you know, that would be things like understanding what freedom is not and uh, true care, responsibility, uh, unslaving the mind, as the subtitle goes here, and much more. And again, we'll also be talking about the things that hold us back from reaching freedoms rising or why people don't even you know, get into consciously creating freedom in their own life. Uh, So that will be discussed as well. And you can find out more at tylerbloyer.com. There's a series of Freedoms Rising episodes there. And on freedomsrising.live, you can get into more details on what Freedoms Rising is. You know, what is Tyler talking about here? He just makes up his own language or something. No, it's a project, like I said, that I've been working on now for a few years, uh, initially with the idea to create an alternative platform for my content to stream on, as well as, you know, create methods for making your publish- publications more long-lasting, so to have ways of publishing that endured. And a lot of that is occurring on the back end, but for example, I lost my YouTube channel and I could go out and create another one, and yeah, 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 but I'm kind of done, done completely with YouTube, and really don't care to go back to that platform, even if it is, oh, there's more reach there, and I'm just not, I'm not going to fight that battle, I'd rather go where there's less resistance, and, you know, move into the realms of less resistance in that area, than uh, standing and resisting against in that particular junkyard piece of shit platform called YouTube, uh, and there's other ways of getting your content out there where we're representing that here. But, uh, in addition to that, uh, we will be again, doing more episodes like this as well, where we're, you know, re-introing or covering more 
topics about Freedoms Rising under the title Freedoms Rising, and maybe sometimes that'll be the subtitle, but just as I do different topics on <clears throat> the creature of control or falling into movement traps or Freedoms Rising or just whatever I want to talk about, we sort of have these channels and categories that we update and keep adding the pieces, keep going back and refreshing, keep re-going over the information, you know, looking and seeing what we missed, taking things from a different angle, you know, even some of the media that I share, because I always like to, you know, mix it up and have not just me, you know, not just the quotes, not just the slides, not just me riffing, but also pulling in other people's content as well. And even then we might use something that we've used before and bring it back and dust it off and try it again and piece it back together in that way and just sort of keep hopefully also improving the skill set of presenting the information. Although there's not going to be anything totally new said here either, because a lot of the information we're talking about isn't something that I'm discovering or I'm coming up with. We're, we're basically talking about natural law and uh, how living under the laws of nature could help to improve our current human condition and then, you know, the labels that we're using to discuss that are some things that I've created myself and topics like freedoms rising that if we understand the content of today's presentation, understanding really that it's more of a presentation on natural law, but, you know, by living in more harmony with nature and its law, that's how man becomes more free. These things are exactly equal to each other. The more in harmony with nature and its law that we become, the more free that we will be. So freedom's rising and bringing that about, obviously, there are some requirements. And again, we're going to get into that today. Uh, so I think we've discussed the things that I wanted to discuss let's, before we get into the slide deck. So now let's go ahead and open that up and see if I can get the right. Hey, no wrong buttons pushed yet so far today. But now that I said that, you know. We'll definitely be seeing some of that. So again, the creature, well, again, first, the Freedoms Rising, Enslaving the Mind from TylerBloyer.com, the cover art here. Uh, we've sort of been using the same style of sort of popping out the imagery with some basic artworks and very basic titles. Um, again, you know, producing something like a, the episode that we're producing today on a weekly basis or something like that does require quite a bit of front loading and so you know to i try to make it look poppy and nice and good on the artwork but at the same time can't be endlessly spending my time on every minute detail but freedom's rising unslaving the mind welcome to today's episode and again we appreciate you guys for being here this is somewhat of a continuation of the creature of control series and the creature is obviously uh, what is also included in holding back Freedoms Rising, so it ties right into that series as well. Again, Freedoms Rising, wake up, Freedoms on the rise. I did hit that on my soundboard earlier, but I wasn't monitoring. So did that, did that come through? No, I'm just curious. Let's try it again. Wake up, Freedoms on the rise. And of course, that's my beautiful wife, Cassandra, there. Uh, absolutely amazing person who was willing to record that little intro clip for me and uh, used it in every single episode of the Freedoms Rising series. 
but today we are continuing along with that information. And again, you can find my work as well on the One Great Work Network, as well as many other content creators who are putting out the great work of teaching and educating people about the science of natural law, as well as, you know, uncovering the lies, exposing how mind control works, exposing that government really is slavery, that external forms of government advocated for by an individual is not a right, and it is not something that uh, you're able to do in nature as far as you know, being in alignment with respecting other people's bodily autonomy and rights themselves. By claiming that ownership over someone else, you are basically claiming that they are your slave. And that's basically what um, an external form of government is in man. And not just, uh, you know, again, seeing the fact that the law is the highest form of authority. And we're talking about not man's law here, but uh, nature and its law. So you can find out more about those types of topics as well as many other things. And even uh, like you're seeing on the live replay there, uh, there's a live feed on the on the One Great Work Network as well. And there's always uh, interesting content creators there being played in the loop that you can go find their work as well. And so head on over to the onegreatworknetwork.com to find out more about that. All right, so for Alt Eats, the other project of our alt life here on freedomsrising.live is sort of the encompassing umbrella of these projects. And Cassandra and I also have an alternative way of living when it comes to homeschooling and the way that uh, we eat is very actually not uh, very much like a lot of people's diets. And Cassandra herself has a very uh, long and great backstory on why she has to eat the way that she does. But through that journey, she has created lots of interesting recipes for people's diet to be able to eat the foods that they might have been used to eating before, but not with grains or other things that might cause problems. Now, gluten or grains isn't a problem for everybody, but for some people, it actually is a real problem that can cause you to be sick and cause you to have uh, major problems, actually put you in the hospital uh, in certain cases. And so being able to make these alternative tortillas is really a great tool to have because you can still use breads and make things like tacos or quesadilla or whatever you're making and very simple to do. So she'll be teaching that June 10th at the same place at Bread and Basics here locally, and we produce that live and do a live stream of that content as well. Some of the stuff, we're still shaking out some of the problems with that, but that's also something that we work on here, you know, in my uh, production enterprise that I like to call Within the Stones Media Network. We help people produce their content, and, you know, thank you for Cassandra for helping me to learn about going on site and doing an actual you know, on-site mobile production in the field is helping, you know, me take this thing that I do live streaming and putting all the content together and going mobile on-site. So that's really helping with uh, me being able to learn those things. Okay, so next up is the seed. So if you're interested in that, you can go to alteats.life slash events and find out more and enter your email there, especially if you're in the local area. Come even just check it out just to meet Cassandra and I and 
you'll learn some things and then we can, uh, you know, meet who you are. And we love to meet people in the local area. Now, something that's not local in the area would be the Seed 5 Metamorphosis uh, Conference. This is a conference coming up in September in on the 23rd and the 24th. A free online conference about the occult, esotericism, freedom, history, philosophy, symbolism, and natural law with a bunch of amazing speakers. And uh, I will be helping to produce produce this uh, live event and doing the live streaming here from the uh, TylerBloyer.com's studios. So thank you to Brandon Martin for reaching out to me and inviting me to participate in that way in this event. And it's going to be a great one. Obviously, there are many other excellent online and freedom events going on. Uh, so uh, as those come up where I'm related to that, we will t- talk about that. I did at one point at freedomsrising.live, you know, what was discussing a lot of different events that were going on throughout the year, uh, just to get people aware of the different freedom events. And that's also the idea of Freedoms Rising. Uh, at least the content that I produce for Freedoms Rising is to, you know, discuss other people's work that are performing and doing and participating in Freedoms Rising. So, I think that that's true of this event, and so look out for more details on that as we move closer to that event. I'll start putting links in the show where you can find the live stream and uh, connect with us and get into that. So today, again, Freedoms Rising, Unslaving the Mind from TylerBloyer.com. We're going to get into the episode here now and start moving through the slides of the actual content itself. So, let's just check. Just a little trick I'll do is just monitor the stream on my old phone here. And that way I don't have to keep looking at headphones or saying, I just want to make sure that the audio is good. You know, Odyssey is a little choppy for me too on this. Uh, the 4G in my house is not that great though. And I'm trying not to be on the Wi-Fi with my phone. But yeah, I can see there that it's working just fine. So that's kind of important before you get into the bulk of it here. But everything seems to be going well, so we'll go ahead and get started. All right, so freedoms rising. What are the requirements necessary in order to bring about freedoms rising? And you can hear, see here that the, the sort of phoenix symbolism is also in alignment with freedoms rising because of what it takes for an individual to go through the various evolutions in their life and re you know rebuilding and tearing away and rebuilding it's it's like a death of an old and rebirth of a new event when you know becoming enlightened or becoming activated in consciousness and actually performing the actions that require freedom's rising so what are the requirements necessary in order to bring bring about freedoms rising now we're trying to summarize this in you know basically a few bullet points there are obviously more things that are required uh, we're going to talk about some of the more important things that i saw to talk about as it is in the context of today's episode but again we're not trying to present this particular presentation today as the end-all be-all of everything that ever needs to be said and done about freedoms rising this is just again another 
time spent on the topic, some more focus uh, in a continuation of the discussion that we've been basically discussing now for eight years on tetherboyer.com, and that is, you know, human freedom and human slavery, the main topics really, and, you know, everything that's encompassed in those topics. There's a lot, a lot there that you could spend a lifetime just, you know, researching this. So the understanding of what freedom is not is the first bullet point. So what it, what is not just what is freedom? Okay. What, what do you think freedom is or what's the definition of freedom? Not that only, but what is it not? That's one way to understand freedom as we'll get into here about understanding what freedom isn't. That's a good place to start. Another requirement is care or what we're calling here is true care. And then unslaving the mind. That's the subtitle of today's episode. And we're also going to get into, you know, where that term comes from that I'm aware of, which is Michael Tesserion. And he's also featured in this episode at the end clip that we have today is from Michael Tesserion. And so I'm definitely attributing the word unslave or unslaved or unslaving to Michael, who I think at the age of manipulation or at least at that point he had a shirt on that said unslaved, but I was trying to find the clip that uh, he says uh, something about an individual becoming totally unslaved and there's an actual clip and I couldn't find that clip. That was part of the delay of getting this episode going today. Uh, But yeah, so just want to make sure that that's clear that I'm attributing that uh, to him. And, you know, again, is Michael Tesserion perfect? No, he's not perfect. But he's got really great work out there, and uh, you know I've I've seen. We'll we'll get into this a little bit later. Let me continue on. So, responsibility, through freedom through responsibility is is a thing I'm big on on discussing, and and not only that, but enacting in my own life, uh, taking full responsibility for every situation that comes up uh, in relation to you, you know, and actually being able to respond to those things that come up. That's the form of responsibility. So our ability to respond to the coercion, to the duress, to the violence, right? And not just, oh, well, if it were all voluntary, it would, but actually, well, what are we going to do to address those things? How are we going to be ready to respond? How are we going to respond so that we don't end up in a confrontation on the side of the road with a a road warrior, psychopath, uh, police officer, right? And not saying like, you know, you know, on on some personal attack against police officers, but, you know, we're not going to go down that road right this minute either, because I'm still here on this, like, basically opening slide. (laughs) But the, our responsibility, and taking responsibility for everything in your life as accountability and responsibility is the path to freedom. You know, we'll, we'll get into that more. And then wisdom uh, being something that comes through knowledge and action is actually what you're displaying as something that is wisdom. So, you know, to know and not to do is really not to know. And then having facts and knowledge and 
you know, just understanding isn't even necessarily enough or wisdom is where right action meets that. And so the next two of activation and action really sort of the same things, the same energy anyway, uh, but really uh, keeping them separate that we're becoming activated through our wisdom in right action and then continuing to take action. Really, that's why I put it as a totally separate item, actually. All right, so freedom's rising's requirements. Um, again, understanding what freedom is not. So the process of negation or apophysis, right? Like uh, knowledge of what God is not, or that's where the, I think apophysis comes from. But here, negation, so saying what freedom is not. So a pretty good example would be if you had someone in chains and whips, physical chattel slavery, that's a pretty clear example of what freedom is not, right? We all know that that person is a slave in physical bondage that, and they haven't, you know, they haven't done anything to deserve this. They haven't taken any violence against anyone else to, to be, they're actually just been claimed that someone else owns this physical property, right? That's pretty clear act of what freedom isn't. So there's no real level of claim over someone else's property, over their body, over their autonomy, that's then acceptable, you know, beyond the claim of zero, like 0% is the amount of ownership that someone else can claim over somebody else and it not still be, you know, not freedom. So freedom is obviously not slavery, right? And it's not also being forced against your will to do things that you don't want to do. Um, now, again, I take issue with the people that are like, oh, well, if if they would just stop taxing me when that's that is you are voluntarily signing up for the contract that says that they're going to garnish your wage or whatever. That's not the same thing as what we're talking about there. Um, when saying that that's not freedom. Well, no, you're still free to choose how you want to respond to that. Now, coercion is something that you could say is also not freedom and putting someone under duress to do something, right? But we still have our ability to respond to that coercion. And that's not something in nature that I see that is some axiomatic thing that that shouldn't exist. It's more actually evident that, that the universe is hostile and that it's impersonal and it doesn't care about you in that way, right? It's not that there's not things acting in the universe like human beings that say, oh, well, since this is not the correct thing to do, then I'm not going to do it, right? That stuff exists. And our ability to respond to coercion is is what really matters. But, but we can get into conditions and situations such as we see here in the imagery here, where we've where we forfeited and given up so much of our ability to respond, our responsibility, that we end up being controlled by others and dominated and coerced into doing things that maybe we'd rather not do by other people. And we're rapidly heading towards a time where, you know, freedom, that as we understand it today, well, it's not even going to be a concept in the mind of people in the collective Borg. You know, it will be yeah, completely uh, phased out of, un, of, of ex, not existence, but of as much as they can of our understanding of what freedom really is. That our ability to enact right action will, will become even more difficult than it is now. 
right? We still have the ability to respond now. We still have the ability to act in a, in a manner that is right action. And although it's, oh, it's scary, it's dangerous, it's, you know, I could lose my life. Yes, but at least we're not completely 100% dominated and controlled in all of our actions. And again, I think that that's actually what we're rapidly headed rapidly headed towards. COVID was definitely something that showed us that people are willing to go along, you know, as long as they're going to get their pellets at the end of the their thing. They'll go along with tyranny. And they will go along with even something like this, but having their family members forced va- vaccinated, forced taken away from them if they don't. And, you know, the imagery here could go along with anything. It's not just vaccines. You could be talking about, uh, you know, garnishing, uh, taking your wages from you, taking your property from you, taking uh, the uh, family members, separating family members, separating babies. Uh, that is not freedom, right? So understanding what freedom isn't is part of Freedom's Rising's requirement so that we can understand what we're working against. Then we're we're trying to make sure that we can maintain bodily autonomy, maintain freedom, maintain the right to choose what we do with our body, with our property, and that someone else doesn't just force us to do things that we don't want to do. Force being, you know, what they're using to do it. You still have the ability to resist and choose. Even if someone does have a gun pointed at your head, uh, you still have the ability to choose how to respond to that. Okay, so now to to the next slide here. Freedoms Rising's requirements, true care. You cannot make someone care that has that has to happen within themselves. So unfortunately with this requirement, it's not something that you can instill in someone else. This is a process that that individual, hence the imagery here of sort of the awakening individual to a higher self, uh, aligning their third eye, uh, with cosmic consciousness and whatever, you know, words you want to use to describe that this person has done the inner work to create a level of true care, meaning not just like fawning, Oh, I, re- I really care about these people in Mexico that are trying to cross the border or whatever. And then like, you're actually really not doing anything, you know, to, to, to help with that situation, like the, the virtue signaling, right? And I'm not trying to say anything about the people in Mexico or they shouldn't migrate. I'm not trying to say anything like that at all. What I'm trying to say is that the people will pretend to care about things. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about, we're talking about a true self love really would have been another word to put here or another phrase or activating a higher level of consciousness in yourself that understands some of the things that are going wrong in the world and actually starts to, this is the beginning process of a spiritual awakening towards actually becoming in action to addressing the problem. But it has to start with care. And and that process, again, you cannot make someone else care. This has to be something, unfortunately, again, and this is why we're in the position that we're in in the world that you cannot make someone else do. I didn't actually mean to change the slide there, but we'll go for it. So true care being a, a, a freedom's rising requ- requirement, we also have responsibility. So again, freedom through taking responsibility, your ability to respond. 
So not just like, oh, well, it's my fault. I forgot to pick up the milk and eggs and I'm taking responsibility for that, right? But the responsibility to become someone who's in right action, teaching others around you about freedom and right action and our ability to resist tyranny and, and align our behavior with nature and its law. And not only that, but yes, also taking responsibility for why we're in the conditions that we're in as a person and reacting to that, right? Through things like, you know, for example, you know, homeschooling. So we homeschool our children and we take responsibility for our children's upbringing. We don't, we don't put them in the hands of other adults. And then when things go wrong or they're being taught something we don't like, why is this happening to us? Why are we getting this happening? Well, because you are not taking responsibility. You are, and then someone else says, oh, well, I can't raise my own children. I don't know how to teach them. I'm not a teacher. I don't know everything. Well, that, you know, that's the limited belief system that people have. That's the limited, you know, way of thinking about how to utilize the tools that especially that we have in the modern day. And also that things are changing so rapidly that, you know, having a fear of thinking that you're not going to give your kids all the right things that a school would, as far as information goes, is, is a really, in my opinion, it's kind of a silly way to look at the future because the future is not something you can predict and know what your children need to be learning exactly right now in school in the next 10 or 20 years. Things are changing so rapidly. And then also we do have the tools to give them the information or even if you want to kind of create a school-like structure, there's a, there's several online courses that are very much like a school-like structure or other people that you can meet with that really want to kind of do it that way, right? But our ability to be responsible for our children's safety and what they're seeing in the other adults that are around is our our responsibility. We don't put that on other people to do that and then wonder why, you know, a, when a school shooting happens, go and blame it on guns and blame it on things that are outside of our control that we could actually be protecting our children from those things that are going on and actually taking responsibility for that situation. So that's one example of taking responsibility for freedom, right? Taking responsibility. Uh, and, and again, the word breakdown of your ability to respond, response ability. So it's again, creating and preparing the conditions so that you are able to respond you know, so that situations come up, you're not saying, oh, well, I have to, to, to get the vaccine because of my job, right? And, and not ever having ever thought about what would happen if you were put in a situation where you needed to choose freedom, bodily autonomy, what you know is the right thing to do over the collective unconsciousness, the collective push towards something that ultimately always ends in tyranny and slavery, and not being able to resist that because you didn't take the responsibility to have a way to, you know, f go over and do this other thing to make an income or during that time, or even just suffer without the income because it's the right thing to do, right? That's our ability to respond to that situation and not say, well, I guess I just better get in the boxcar. I'm not sure what to do. I guess I better just get the CBDC 
I bet I guess I better get the injection because I don't know what else to do. I I don't, how am I going to feed my family, right? Well, you take responsibility for producing food for your family and you that's not an overnight thing, but you work towards that and that's your that's how you should respond to that. That's how we should all be responding right now in the world if we think even if we do believe the false climate narrative that the you know the world is overheating and we're all going to die because the cl- the oceans are rising well then i better see that person that actually believes that like out in a field and a and a permaculture type plot homestead scenario every day working their ass off to produce the food locally right there and if they're not doing that then again that there's these fake you know that's not true care that's not true wisdom that's that's someone who's basically brainwashed by the media and pretending to care while doing and living a life that has nothing really to do with actually solving that problem that they themselves even claim is going on right now i yeah i I think we'll move on to the next slide here so uh unslaving the mind would be the next requirement so freedom starts in the mind one can be free in the mind while still being physically enslaved. So this is an important concept to understand is that we can still be free and understand freedom even in physical bondage or even in a condition where we are under physical attack or we are our bodies are not being respected and someone is assaulting our person which which is what's going on on the planet and you know the people of this planet are being attacked by an elite psychopath uh class that is attempting to dominate the planet and through that they treat you like cattle basically uh but still even in that condition we can still be free people and it's not i'm not saying you can just go in your little happy place and just take whatever abuse you're getting and that's how we should handle this. Like, that's not what I'm saying either. I'm not saying we should just, you know, take the abuse. Here, I better take a sip here. But that freedom begins in the mind and that's where it's maintained as well. And that's the starting place for manifesting freedom and for being free is attitudinal otherwise understanding that you're free no matter what inside of your own mind and that there is no legitimate claim of the ownership over you or saying well you know you signed up your parents signed these documents when you were a kid so now you're part of this thing and uh well that's all just man's law bullshit uh matrix uh fabricated reality it's not reality it's not a true claim so even if you accept the claim and you want to pretend that it's okay to advocate slavery and be a slave and put other people into slavery which is essentially what you know wanting to have people be in a democracy is it's saying you know as long as you're a citizenship of this then these laws will be enforced on you right that's still not correct even if someone agrees to all that it's still then claiming that you can enslave other people and making that okay so even not understanding it doesn't make you not free you're you are free and you are uh you are beautiful you are powerful you are free right they uh, that's a, something derek bros from the conscious resistance says but 
It's true. He's not saying you can be powerful. You can be beautiful. He's like, these things are within you. And unslaving the mind is essentially, you know, taking off all those false chains, all the false persona, all the false uh, belief systems and realizing that, you know, so it's already, you're already a free person, but, but you can be a slave, right? And so becoming unslaved would really, again, still, if you're in a state of coercion and duress and being attacked and assaulted and you're choosing not necessarily to just directly fight back because that might be foolish, uh, you could still be more of a prisoner then at that point, right? Hence, like the, the prisoner, Patrick McGowan, uh, the whole allegory there is that he um, is not a slave, he's a prisoner, right? Then there's a difference between the two. Uh, being a prisoner is something maybe that, but still you understand that you're a free being and that there might be a false claim of ownership on you in that prison. I mean, unless you've done something wrong that obviously like justifies you being locked up from society because there are things people can do obviously that are to the point where we should do that uh, to certain people, right? Or just exterminate them, honestly, like uh, pedophiles and uh, people that don't value life or respect other people's bodily autonomy, right? So, or destroy other people's property. You know, that's here. I got to fix my hydraulic thing going down again. So that's an important distinction is that it, it you know, the universe is mental, for example, the hermetic principle, the first principle of hermeticism that, uh, all begins in the mind. Creation begins by having a thought first. I'd have to think about something before I actually do it. Yeah, there's stimulus response. There's conditioned responses. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in order for me to say, I'd like to have some of this coffee, I, I've, it starts as a mental thought first. It doesn't physically start happening before it happens in the mind. And the same is true for freedom. Freedom is something that is in the mind as so we have to unslave the mind. And that's part of the requirements for freedom's rising. And with that understanding, we can then have wisdom by converting our understanding into action. So wisdom being right action, wisdom being not just understanding things intellectually, but actually acting on them and not just understanding a truth or understanding uh, the laws of nature, but actually acting in accordance with those laws acting in accordance with natural law, acting in accordance with true freedom, acting in accordance with right action, right? That is wisdom. That's how we bring what we know into action. And if if we're not doing that, then we, do we really know, is there really wisdom there? We might have some some knowledge about a topic, but is that really knowing if you're not doing anything with it, if you're not actually putting what you understand into action in the world, in the 3D physical, not just fighting spiritually in your meditation state either, or like, you know, we understand, but we're fine. And so we're not going to do anything about it. Like in your comfort and in your apathy sort of, yeah, well, you know, we'll get to that. You know, are we realizing the limited time that we have here and doing something with it? Could I just endlessly put off this episode and say this stuff, I don't know, I've just all this self-doubt, and I don't really think I should be saying that. And if I do, it looks makes me look silly. What if I say something silly? Um, those are all things that would, you know, 
potentially stop me from converting what I understand into right action, which is, you know, what we're doing with Freedoms Rising. We are actually putting into action, not just not just me moving out into the country or we're going to start with our chickens and not just the little physical rearranging the t- deck tears on the Titanic, the things that, you know, I'm taking a skill set that I have and actually using it in a way in the world that makes sense for me on my path, but also affecting other people's consciousness, attempting to do the hardest work, the great work of actually trying to transfer that into those people that we talked about yet that haven't even reached the level of true care yet, that haven't activated that care. And although we cannot make them activate that, the actual attempt to do that, the actual attempt to make that bridge into someone else's consciousness and get them into right action, which starts with Freedoms Rising's requirements. I mean, you have to uh, you can't be completely mind-controlled, brainwashed, uh, and a slave, and mentally accepting your slavery and advocating slavery for other people, and then be doing things in right action and creating more freedom and consciousness. Not like you're gonna be that person will end up creating the exact opposite of a world of slavery, tyranny, death, destruction, chaos, um, and dominance. By, by people who do understand these aspects of how, you know, they may not be doing things to promote human freedom, but they do understand, again, the mental universe and how to actually achieve their goals of domination and tyranny and destruction of humanity because, you know, we're bad and we're overpopulating the planet and all that because they understand, you know, aspects of how the universe actually does work and will reward them for their action now is it right action that's why we're using these words to differentiate clearly but freedoms rising's requirements require you to be in action it's not a game of people sitting on the sideline it's not a game where people can wait to see what happens we have to act and it's becoming even more pressing and even more urgent that we do we're reaching a point, like I said, where the slide with the with the baby being taken away from their family to be force uh, medicated, force vaccinated. Uh, that you know, and people that are pro vaccine, fine. Picture something else. Then picture them taking away your baby to force ch- cut off everyone's pinky toe, and that's the weird new thing that everyone's doing. Or you know, you chose not to circumcise, and they force you to do that. Those are. Other examples, whatever example you want to fit it, fill in there, but we we will reach a point where that becomes nearly impossible, to, and won't even people won't understand why you wouldn't go along with things like that. They won't understand the importance of freedom in the collective Borg. It will actually be frowned upon and attacked. Right. So, freedom's rising requirement requires those who are conscious and aware of the requirements of freedoms rising to act and be activated. So to get into activation and then continue the action and don't quit and and never give up the fight, never give up uh, creating more freedom, which could mean, you know, taking on forces that are something that's big and scary. And, you know, we could, we could even lose our lives in this battle for freedom or our freedom. We could lose our freedom in the battle for freedom 
uh, physical freedom, right? But again, they can't actually ever take your freedom from you. That's not something that someone else can actually legitimately take from you. They can take your life, but that's not the same thing. So are we consciously creating freedom? Consciously creating freedom would be the other way that I would look at that whole process we just went through. Are we consciously to a point where we're actually manifesting freedom in our own life intentionally and, you know, helping to spread that to other people as well through our work, through our deeds, through the action that we're taking? Are we consciously creating in that way? And I did this presentation now, what, almost four years ago, called Consciously Creating Freedom. As we went through and started to get into the falling in the movement traps, we did touch on the struggle for freedom and other topics like that, but also how to consciously create freedom. So very important presentation that you can go check out on my website uh, back from, again, September or, uh, yeah, September 2019. Uh, the collective unconscious is what we're dealing with, though. We're dealing with uh, the unbegun. We're dealing with the unconscious masses. With, and again, you know, oh well, you're making fun of the mask wearers, and it's, a, it's not. No, that's just happening to be recent times here. That you know, this is the kind of imagery that goes on. But if you've ever seen They Live, right? He can see things that other people can't see. He he actually has the ability to perceive things that the masses can't see because they don't care because they're asleep. They don't want to know. They don't want to learn. They don't want to look. They don't want to see, right? And so that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the collective unconscious, which isn't concerned with human freedom, which isn't concerned with freedoms rising. They're concerned with going along to get along they're concerned with you know making sure that they don't stick out from the crowd with the crowd psychology right and uh the cult-like belief systems that people hold and actually call out the individuals the people that are quote-unquote awake you know the people who are working to consciously create freedom are actually an enemy of the herd of the collective unconscious so Creating a positive relationship with the self, the truth, and then others is always more important than that collective or that group or cause, right? Creating a positive relationship with the self, the truth, and then others, and then others. That's an important comma, and then others. So it's more important that you are living in truth, that you're living in selfhood, being the authentic self. That's more important than your relationship with other people. The relationship that you have to that authentic self and, and the, the nurturing of that relationship, only then can you actually really have a relationship that means anything to, with anyone else. Everything else is a fawning or a fake pseudo-self-relationship, the mask that you're putting on, uh, but there isn't really a positive relationship happening with the truth. The person isn't connected to uh, searching for the truth, for just trying to discover the truth within themselves, or the truth about the nature of our reality. If those relationships aren't strong and being built, then what 
what is it that we're doing with these other relationships then? Now, okay, the, the feeling good, the, you know, we like to be talk with each other, I get, you know, good vibes around this, but all that, that's fine. But again, the, the pillar, the thing that needs to be the central organizing factor in order for you to be an authentic self and authentic person in those relationships is that relationship that you initially seek and have with, and I put an uppercase self because the self being that connection that we all have to the universe, that uppercase self of uh, the reality, you know, that we're connected to. And uh, the, the fact that that's true is your connection to that uppercase higher self that we have a connection to that and we can nurture and seek out that relationship, which again, the, the positive aspect there um, being that we can then move on to our movements, groups and causes. Okay. And being an authentic self and not getting lost in uh, the group, not getting lost in the cause. So one other way that I'm putting this is your path to freedom is uniquely your own. It is the path of the individual and can never be the same for any other person because, you know, there's the, there's sort of the people of the, like, you, you got to read this book and then you, re- and then you do this. And again, this is something that's an inner journey, the, the, the path to true care, the path to self-awakening, the path, the initial steps is not something that someone else can make you do or instill in you. And if you read the creature from Jekyll Island and then you go and you do this and then you start using Bitcoin and you're blah, blah, blah. It's not the things, it's not the physical stuff that we move around that starts the path to freedom for that person. And that could be very uniquely their own as they are a fine cheesemaker and paint art and that's how they, you know, live their life of freedom um, while, you know, understanding how to live in harmony with nature and its law. They don't need to be like an activist or a John, John Trudell or, a, you know, a... a you know, fill in the blank with whatever activist comes to mind when you think of an activist. Uh, they may not, you know, maybe not. Maybe they are a software designer. Maybe they are into Python and C++ and, you know, ChatGPT and auto- automation. And, you know, but the, the point is, is that that person's path or tools, their things that they need to do or should be working on. These are, this is another problem of the freedom movement is people are constantly, oh, well, you know, have you seen this one or have you watched this documentary or do you know about these particular facts about the vaccine or do you know about these particular facts about how the Federal Reserve System works? Or, And again, like this is not, this is not, this is patriot mythology, basically. This is the, the cult-like aspect of the truth movement, the bowel movements of the freedom movement and the truth movement let me put it back on the full slide while I fix my chair again. Because <laughs> when I'm doing a stream, of course, my chair can't stay up. Okay, so, yeah. And some people might not understand this point. Uh, maybe I'm not doing the best job at explaining it. But it, it, it's meant for both sides. It's meant for the teachers to understand that there isn't just an exact path that someone takes to freedom. And it's for the student, the the novice, the new guy to know that you, you have to discover the unique things about you that you're going to bring forward in that point where you're going to start doing the right action. What does that mean for you? 
because we get a lot of, you know, basically just imitators of what other people are doing, which is fine. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to find our way. But you have to keep in mind that, you know, your journey is going to be very unique to your life and it's not repeatable and just, oh, now I'll run out and tell everybody all the things that I just learned and then they'll find their way to this. That's the raving lunatic weirdo at the Thanksgiving party, right? That's the person that's always pissing everyone off around them or kind of just like beating the dead horse or the same thing. And it's not going to work like that for the people in your immediate vicinity, for sure. I have have direct experience with this. <laughs> okay, this is, some, this is coming from wisdom here. This is stuff actually learned that you know, living it and being in action, in vocation, in your own activation and wisdom of what you've learned, and then living it is much more powerful than trying to explain to somebody necessarily, like how you came to that understanding exactly. Not that you can't like give links and references and books and pass along information or find someone that's receptive and teach them what you know, or how you learned it. That's not what I'm saying either here. It's just, I've seen it over and over and over again in the in the movement traps of this pattern of people thinking like it, it's the way that they did it needs to be how their family member does it and how their friend does it and uh you know this is what we have to understand about ourselves is uh here from the gospel of thomas but the kingdom is within you and it is outside of you when you know yourselves then you will be known and you will know what you are the sons of the living father But if you do not know yourself, then you are in poverty, and you are poverty. So again, it's self-knowledge, self-wisdom, uppercase self, love and true care, and that connection to that, uh, that really is what is going to help bring about freedoms rising. Said in another way from Viktor Frankl, when you are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. So again, is it is it out there? Is it everything that everybody else is doing? Is it the we needs or, you know, the we need, we need to do this, we need to do that? Or is it, again, you need to go look in the mirror and you need to say, what are you doing? What is it that you're changing? What is it that you are doing exactly? Where is your you know, great workout. What is the thing that you're putting forward into the world to help create more freedom and spread the truth and break down the mind control and get people out of mental slavery? You know, not what, what, oh, but the, the collapse and the, the stock market oh, and the election and the, oh, and the, the new virus and oh. you know, are you really, what's your ability to affect all that? Can we help other people understand things to help them stay safe and not make bad decisions? Yes. We're not saying you can't, but you definitely need to make sure we're pointing the fingers in the right direction here. When there's one pointed out there, there's three pointed right back this way, right? We're the ones who are responsible for our lives, not what's happening out there. It's how we respond to what's happening out there that matters. I need a button on my stream deck to change the slide. That would make things a lot easier. Every man's true teacher. This is coming from Manly P. Hall. Oh, Manly P. Hall. Oh, he's a Satanist. Oh, he's an occultist. Oh. 
you know, maybe Manly P. Hall wasn't just like a tr- traditional straight Christian says it this way guy, but here how he says it is, every man's true teacher is his own higher self. And when the life is brought under the control of reason, the higher self is released from bondage to appetites and impulses and becomes priest and priestess, sage and illuminator. Absolutely, the higher self can be your guide. The higher, the lower, it's all, it's all the self. It's just the relationship, again, with the self. Is it higher, lower? Is it separated? Is it not attached? Is it all in schism? Or is it just the self that we become in relationship with? That we, we find the knowing sage and realize that it is the illuminator because we've experienced it enough times that you do learn to let that aspect of yourself guide you. So back again to Frankel. Ultimately, man should not ask what the meaning of life is, but rather must recognize that it is he who is asked. That's pretty deep and also sort of Let me give it another pass, because it took me a minute. Ultimately, man should not ask what the meaning of life is, but rather must recognize that it is he who is asked. Again, where are we looking for the answer? Do we have a knowledge that it could be us that already has the answer? That we might already be able to find the answer if we look in the right place? So, freedom's rising, what is holding back freedom's rising? What is holding back the phoenix from rising from the ashes, or from even beginning the process of being engulfed in flame to become the ashes? What is the things that are holding that process back? And we have a small list here of uh, lethargy, apathy, Ignorance, fear, and I think mainly mind control. But we have these other factors as well. Are there other factors that I've left off the list? Yes, of course there are things that are holding back freedoms rising that aren't on the list. Again, today we're talking about unslaving the mind uh, and how that relates to freedoms rising. So in lethargy, uh, we are choosing... To be lazy because it's easier. I mean, this is this is simply put, it seems, and why I put easier in quotes is it seems easier to not have to do anything about any of this stuff, not have to do anything about the tyranny of the world, not have to do anything about, you know, addressing our own food supply, not trying to produce locally or trying to produce food yourself, trying to address the solutions in the world, trying to you know, address the problems is what I meant. Uh, it's too hard, right? It's too much. It's much easier, quote unquote, to be lazy. The reason why I'm putting it in quotes is because this is the path to utter slavery, us not taking action, us not getting into right action and choosing the Netflix or choosing some other distraction to get engaged with instead is only going to make uh, slavery worse on this planet. And there'll be even less freedom than there already is. 
because of our apathy, because of our lethargy. So choosing to be lazy is not easier, it just seems easier at the time, but it's really leading to a world of hell. So back in the struggle for freedom, another presentation I gave probably around the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, freedom is the last thing that he wants. This is from Esther Vayar's book, The Manipulated Man, and talking about you know what's really going on inside. Freedom is the last thing he wants. He functions, as we shall see, according to the principles of pleasure in non-freedom. To be sentenced to lifelong freedom is worse fate than is a worse fate than living a lifelong slavery. Let me say that again. To be sentenced to lifelong freedom is a worse fate than lifelong slavery. To put it another way, man is always searching for something someone or something to enslave him, for only as a slave does he feel secure. Daddy, yes. Can I go to you can ask mom, okay? Mom says yes. Go go out, go talk to mom and Vinny if they're okay with it. <laughs> I told my family, don't even worry about it. If it if you need to interrupt, just do it. It's not a big deal. I'm not worried about it again. You know, this isn't like, oh, this production is the most perfect thing. If it's not perfect, we're we're doing the live. I have a family. Shouldn't be like some weird thing that my family members are here in the house with me. In fact, uh, let's see if we can get the two dogs. Are they both in the shot? Chewie! Come here. I got two family members in here with me. One of them's by the door. Can't really see him. And the other back here, Mosley. He makes an appearance in a lot of my streams, huh? Huh, Cho-Cho? Come here, Cho-Cho. Okay. So you can kind of see him there, huh? He's a good boy. They just like hanging out with Dad and saying, Dad, when are we going to go on a walk? That's what they're thinking. When are we going to get up and go on a walk, huh? Cho-Cho's a good boy, huh? Okay. Uh, the, oh, oh, I pushed the wrong button. I knew that was coming. So back to the struggle for freedom. Again, this is really what's happening within the mind of the slave, but the creature of control, you could basically look at this as, that it's an Eric Frommium, you know, escape from freedom. You know, the real thing that's going on here is that people don't even actually really want true freedom. And what they want is the government big daddy big mommy freedom or my freedom movement, right? As long as I get my thing or I have it my way or I'm able to travel, that's freedom. You know, fuck everybody else that's actually being stomped on by this. The fact that, you know, we're basically enforcing our will and our way of seeing the world on people that maybe don't agree with that. For example, I don't know, like people that think that there shouldn't be a thing like gun ownership. So it's the people that perfectly are responsible with weapons and guns and can hunt or protect protect their families with that gun safely and effectively and also responsibly should have their you know right to do that taken from them, which again, you can't legitimately do that in nature. It's just something they'll claim to do and actually then use the physical force to get it done. And that's also where we're headed, but uh, seeing that that that's well now I feel more safe so I'm now that's our freedom as America to be able to do things like that right yeah that's the exact opposite of freedom 
And really, this is what's going on inside of a person like that. As long as they're feeling safe and comfortable and everything's in order and, you know, they're getting their pellets and their universal basic income or whatever the, you know, thing that the government is offering them, then that's real freedom, right? Or a complete running away from that. And so we have apathy as well. So choosing to believe what is not true because it's easier. That's one form of apathy, right? Uh, sort of just, yeah, whatever, it's, I don't really want to get into it, it's easier just to go along. And also, as the slide says, uh, in the people with the masks over their eyes, there are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true, and the other is to refuse to believe what is true. So again, a form of apathy to, well, and it's a lethargy, ignorance, it all sort of ties into the same thing of, you know, it's too difficult to to understand that, or I don't really want to, or the group doesn't, or, you know, how could I change my ways because I'm this certain way? And so it's it's a, f- a form of apathy to be apathetic to caring enough to be the constant learner, to be a, manip- able to be, I don't mean manipulated in a bad way, I mean malleable, to be able to be malleable with things as they come up, or as you learn and discover these new things that should change your behavior, should change the way that you see the world. But instead, there's a form of apathy uh, that ends up putting us in a condition like this where, you know, these sheep might have had other options, but at the moment, they're headed for the new world order. And they're in their minds, well, there's only one way to go, I guess, you know, I guess that's just the way we go over this way. Like, that's kind of what it seems like with the future shock or even like the, the COVID thing was like, they'll just keep pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding to eventually the person just kind of gives up like okay i'm tired of hearing about it whatever like what do we need to do here to get this done like i don't care i'm not gonna like try to understand more about what could be going on here just get it over with give me the thing to get this over with that was the whole cell and pitch with the injections right was kind of beating it into you essentially like this until the point where the the only way you got to go is the one way like that's it you're headed for the slaughterhouse new world order and that's it buddy and that's exactly where apathy has gotten us to now that's exactly the slaughterhouse that we're headed for now and it you know there is ways out of this but it seems like to these sheep that that's just that's it that's the way to go nicholas Carr from The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains, says, The more distracted we become, the less we are able to experience the subtlest, most distinctively human forms of empathy, compassion, and other emotions. So that also plays into it. This That's again, the lethargy, the apathy, the distraction of just, oh, just give me the thing to make it go away, and I just want to watch this other stuff, and then it we have so much of that, so much of the dopamine drip and addiction now, even so much of this going on, that our our own empathy is being destroyed, our, our ability to connect and care about other things. It's just like, yeah, another school shooting, oh, yeah, yeah, another, uh, another bomb went off in wherever, oh, yeah, America and uh, Russia are going to go to nuclear, oh, and, uh, so like kind of getting to the point where it's like, yeah, well, whatever, again, they... The apathy, now maybe it's a normal human reaction with everything that's going on in the world, but um, it's a choice, actually. And choosing the truth is, again, here in this slide, that one of the hardest pills to swallow. 
people are running as far and as fast away from the truth, away from their true selves, and away from the freedom as they can. And this is a choice. This is something, again, that the person has to choose, but ignoring it is what they're doing. So that ignorance, it's not its not a, something that they have the ability to understand and just don't. Well, th- that is ignorance. Um, nescience would be not knowing because you can't know, because the information's not available. Now the information is available about, uh, it's hard to know which topic are you talking about, the truth. Well, in this case, the truth of our own condition, again, like in the beginning of the last episode with Morpheus and Neo, well, what truth? That you are a slave, Neo. That all your life that you've been in bondage, right? That truth. The truth that you are a slave. And if you don't know that, then that makes you even more of a slave (laughs) because you're not like the prisoner. You're not the person trying to escape the matrix. You're, you're the prisoner that is willfully being a prisoner if you don't know that. And that's only way that you wouldn't know that is through ignoring the, the fact, ignoring it, being ignorant of the. All right, so my streaming software crashed, so I should be back streaming now, and we're back online. I'll have to fix whatever happened in post, no problem. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just checking out a couple things here, like on Odyssey, am I still alive, or how is that working now? Is it connected to the same stream? It looks like it is, so... Just take me a little bit longer in post today to fix that. I think I got the recording locally of uh, everything that had been up to the point of the crash. And then there probably is a recording of that on Odyssey too. And so we'll just continue on. Uh, that's okay. So things like that are bound to happen. And uh, that's why we have backup plans and contingencies. And today uh, was the first time that's happened in a while. Being in the middle of a stream and then suddenly OBS just locked up. Hopefully that doesn't mean I'm going to continue to have problems as I try to get through the rest of the presentation here. And uh, let's get back into it with where I was at in the presentation. Uh, That's what I did. I pressed the wrong button and then suddenly everything froze up. So I must have jinxed myself earlier. All right. So again, truth being the hardest pill to swallow because people don't want to swallow it, they're choosing to ignore it. One way to put that is that uh, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. A classic quote from C.G. Jung. And, uh, you know, he's, he's encapsulated that here, that ignorance is something that people do as a choice, but they'll make it look, uh, they'll do all kinds of backflips and cartwheels and things to make it look like that, you know, they really do care and that they're really living in truth, but uh, they're really just sort of trying to do everything possible to avoid their own soul. And again, you know, with the recent pandemic, sort of riffing on that here uh, with the masks, (laughs) uh, this person has a new mask that will, Help from help them from seeing, hearing, or speaking about what's really going on. 
So uh, now you can just, um, you know, wear a whole different type of mask in order to deal with reality. But of course, we know one of the main reasons why that people are living in this condition is through fear. We've been discuss discussing this fear is the mind killer. We've been going over this topic in the last two or three episodes and covering uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, the weapons used with the tool of fear to control the population. And uh, here, yeah, you see the, you know, the government's doing shady shit, but the pandemic, I mean, who knows what kind of stuff really went on, you know, with the Grand Theft World pandemic kickoff to 2030, you know, bringing in the new world order. But it's all, oh, it's uh, it's the coronavirus pandemic that we need to be worried about, not uh, the totalitarian push for world domination uh, through the Great Reset. But but don't worry, we've got uh, mind control happening here with a lot of brainwashed slaves on this planet. So just a brief warning on that here, that uh, we've got a, a, a whole planet full of people that are willing to just go along with whatever the mind control and conditioning says. So uh, mind control... Of course, part of it being the left-right paradigm, not the only aspect, but a large aspect of it is uh, the political arena. And uh, there is no left or right, there is only tyranny and freedom. But the left-right paradigm, of course, used to keep that paradigm in place of slavery. And politics are really just an apparatus for controlling the mind of the populace. That's really what media and politics and uh, democracy and all this, this is really just a form of mind control. It's a, the form of how to actually control the population. So one of the solutions is to inoculate yourself, not against COVID, but against mind control, against the mind control of the media. And also from the great poet Ezra Pound, Again, going back to how we need to become activated, how we need to get into action, a slave is one who waits for someone to come and free him. So a slave is someone who's still not in action into creating the conditions of freedom and manifesting that in their own life, but someone who's still, you know, we need, we should, the group, once I get my freedom cell together, we're going to do these things and you know, then we need to start using Bitcoin and we need and we need and we need and we need and the we needs, right? They're not going to, to, to make it. What we really need here is to unslave ourselves, right? Because unslaving ourself is something that no one else can do. Again, going back to initiating the process with that true care and empathy and compassion that initiates the process of self-love for the real self and the real love, not a, you know, like a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife type of love or child, not talking about that, but the true love of the self uh, becoming uh, in worship of nature and its law. That's only something that you can do because no one else can do that. No one else can unslave you. So a person a person's reality can be altered through manipulation, says Dennis Wynn. We're going to get into here a little bit of the other side of this and more into the mind control aspect. And so Dennis Wynn says a person's reality can be altered through manipulation. The manipulated mind from the book, The Manipulated Mind, Brainwashing, Conditioning, and Indoctrination. 
So what's that all about, Tyler? I thought we weren't going to, I thought we were just talking about unslaving the mind today. Well, when people think about mind control, uh, they think about different things from, you know, maybe MKUltra or like the CIA was doing these certain things. And that's probably actually all true. And so we do need to understand more of like the hard stuff, the hard evidence, the hard mind control. And also though, you know, those that have used the media to manipulate us, those that have used the media to, uh, f- to create global mind control and mass scale uh, control of the masses through mind control of the masses through the media, what do you think they're going to be doing with some of this newer technology, like uh, generative AI and uh, generative content creation engines? And do you think it's all just going to be used to free us and we're all going to be, you know, no. The, the tools that are being developed now will also be used for mind control. So in this next clip, uh, try to imagine the modern day. This this person is not talking from the understanding all the modern tools of what's happening now. But this is uh, what's coming up here is going to be Stephen Jacobson, uh, who wrote the book Mind Control in America with a foreword from Anthony Sutton. Uh, riffs here on mind control, and we're going to go into that clip. But the reason why we're covering that is to give me the intermission to get out of the slides and we'll move on to the wrapping up the show today, but also that it's important to understand these more kind of hard aspects of mind control as we discuss unslaving the mind, right? Because that is part of keeping the mind enslaved is through mind control. So uh, the other slide before we reach that says... Mind control is achieved through manipulation of consciousness by Donald Bain. The Control of Candy Jones is the book that that came from. And now what we're going to do as I double check the tech after we had that crash and try to see how we're going to recover the content here and make sure that it all pieces back together okay, we're going to head into an intermission. And hopefully, like I said, there are no more hiccups like that today, but... It's rare when something like that does happen, but yeah, the streaming software just totally locked up on me, so I apologize for those trying to watch live. Um, You know, I don't get a lot of live viewers, and then, you know, on the day that there might be a few people watching, the stream crashes out on me, so yeah, but you gotta, we gotta work through stuff like that, and uh, obviously that's gonna happen, so we're now, we're gonna head into the intermission. Again, this is Stephen Jacobson on mind control and uh let's get ready to head into that i think it's about an eight minute clip and then i'll be back to summarize and uh, kick off towards the ending of the episode here so thank you guys for tuning in today and i'll see you on the other side of this clip the basic problem is that we are living in a virtual reality we're living in a totally controlled environment, an environment that has been, been created by mass media. Now, many people, especially young people, accept unquestioningly the reality that is presented by the media. Popular culture, movies, television, music, carry messages about how society works and how people should behave. And so, entertainment is not value-free. 
that has ideological content. It presents a worldview that influences the people who watch the programming. There is a reason why television networks and, and, and the music industry, the various companies, they have programming departments. The programming that we are constantly assaulted by throughout our life conditions us. It programs us to a particular worldview. Now, we may consider it normal because we were born into the system of lies and deception. In fact, deception has become part of the social framework of society. And because we were born into the situation and our parents were born into it and have suffered from it, we don't know any better. And so we don't necessarily see things as they are. We see things as we are. Now, there are two primary means by which people are manipulated and controlled. One is very simple, very basic, and that is uh, simply the control of information and the control of, uh, if we don't have all of the facts of, of, on any particular topic, then our judgment is going to be no better than the quality of our information. And in spite of the fact that we have an information overload through all the information that's available on the Internet and, and other sources, we have to be have the presence of mind to be able to evaluate the information that we have available. Um, it, and it's a matter of having to dig through and determine uh, what's true, what are the lies, what are the half-truths, under that one basic heading, information control, where there has been a long-held consolidation of ownership of the different medias, uh, press, publishing, film, music, television, consolidated ownership into the hands of very few individuals, the multinational corporations. Today, there are a half a dozen multinational corporations that are controlling the information and entertainment choices that people have. Working as an editor, it was easy to see how simple it is to change the meaning of an event or change the meaning of what someone says through editing. And so uh, I was very well aware of how plastic and uh, moldable uh, media reality was. But I didn't fully appreciate the extent to which we are all manipulated and controlled by media, including those people who work in it. So using television as the prime example of how uh, mental programming and mind control works, television is the most powerful weapon of psychological warfare in history. And yet, but uh, television, for, for many people, is a member, a member of the family in the household. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the primary member. Yes. It, it runs the household. Yes, well, not, not only that, but it's the primary source of information, and the television, in effect, represents an altar, a religious altar that the nation is worshipping before. Many people don't think about the things that affect them subconsciously, because generally they don't know what to look for until someone comes around and starts pointing these things out to them, and then they can see how we are all influenced by unseen forces without our conscious awareness. In fact, the, the ultimate control is to control people without their conscious awareness. Again, television is a prime example. Think back to whenever you have observed young children or older adults sitting watching television. They have this glassy-eyed, vacant look in their eyes because they are in a trance state, 
in a hypnotic state of mind. This is very important, very significant, that the medium of television has the capacity to do this. And it doesn't matter what you're watching. The flickering effect of the uh, the television image, uh, although it appears to be static and stationary, it is actually flickering. We don't see it consciously, but subconsciously, the repeating visual pattern of the flicker induces the trance state. And that's the basic uh, principle behind uh, hypnotic uh, programming, is that you uh, get the a subject to focus the attention of the conscious mind on one of the five senses. So in the case of watching television, we're talking about the sense of sight and the flickering uh, uh, image. Uh, in the case of sound, uh, uh, any repeating sound pattern will induce the trance state. Now, why this is important is that we are more suggestible to mental programming during this state of mind than at any other time. We're very vulnerable to manipulation at this time because the first order of business for a propagandist or an advertiser is to create the circumstances that will induce a state of mind that is favorable to the reception of their message. And that state of mind is the hypnotic state of mind, making television extremely important in this whole process of creating a, a unified mindset among the entire population. Have you ever bought something and then later on wondered why did you buy it? I think we've all <laughs> had that kind of yeah. experience. Quite a few times. Well, that, that, that's a, a common everyday uh, illustration of being triggered to make a purchase based on a conditioned response that has been built into us to have a preference for a particular product. In fact, that is the whole point of programming, whether it be by an advertiser or a propagandist. There, there's really no difference between the two. One's uh, selling products. The other is selling ideas. The whole point is to to build into us a conditioned response where we will respond automatically without thinking with a preference for a particular idea or preference for a particular product. And that, that is the whole point of programming. If you think about it, whenever you hear news broadcasters speak, you, you realize that regardless of their ethnic background, whether they be black, white, Hispanic, or Oriental, they they all have a similar manner of speaking. They have a speech pattern that is associated with the dissemination of true factual information mm -hmm. uh, on a news broadcast. Their speech pattern is similar to the patterned speech of a hypnotist. The news broadcaster looks directly into the camera and into the eyes of the viewer. Another hypnotic technique. Mm -hmm. The newscaster is an authority figure, encouraging the acceptance of the information. Yes. Uh, people, uh, uh, one, will accept information that comes from an accepted and respected authority. And then the repetition of the information over and over and over again is what uh, 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 builds that conditioned response so that whenever they are presented with the information again, then uh, they'll accept it automatically w without uh, thinking about it. Do you think that the media is complicit in, in sort of the mind control aspect? Do you think that they are – because I'm a firm believer that the media is completely controlled. Yes. Okay. Yes, and uh, that's my feeling as well, in my experience, uh, that the media has become the, uh, the fourth branch of government.
So it seems like the stream is going okay. I personally am having some issues kind of monitoring just the stream on my phone, but on like the desktop, for example, Odyssey seems to be all right. I know that Odyssey can kind of skip around a little bit. So again, if you go to tylerbloyer.com, there's a banner at the top that says Freedoms Rising. You can click on that. You'll go to freedomsrising.live and the stream is there as well. Um, you can also click, you know, watch Tyler go live right there at the top on my page, and it will take you to a page that should be playing the Odyssey embed. Um, if you're having issues on your cell phone, then maybe it's just something weird with the cell phone or the mobile app. Um, again, I'm watching a monitor that's just on my PC right now, and it's not having the same issues. So anyway, so yeah, that that clip of course, uh, you know, somewhat dated, you know, te people don't watch television anymore. I, I think there are probably people that do, but um, you know what I mean? And like, even like saying television, like, it's just weird to think about that that's sort of being phased out. Right. And now there's, again, some of the new stuff that's coming along, uh, with AI and the ability for it to personalize and adapt an algorithm towards your behavior, towards your likes and preferences is going to be, you know, of course it's going to be awesome for some reasons. Like I've always talked about, like I'm watching Pandora and listening to Pandora and eventually the, the, the algorithm is just going to be able to understand if I like a song or not and move on to something else or mix in something with the types of music that I'm getting, but it will know based on scanning my telemetry by scanning my biometric data by just understanding sort of what my mouth twitches like or what my eyes do when I'm enjoying something and understanding you to a level of that degree for, you know, for fun things like that. But then imagine the ability to manipulate. Imagine the power that someone would have with a powerful AI directed right at your brain. You know, this powerful, massive supercomputer, quantum computing abilities and stuff, calculating everything precisely down to and then pointing and propagandizing you with that power. And you won't even understand that you're being manipulated, is my thought. And what I've always said is it's not necessarily, you know, what we've discussed here today is like the struggle for freedom and uh, it just, you know, we got to get, we're going to go and we're going to get, you know, it's like the struggle in the future is going to be to remain sane, to even be somewhat connected to reality, to to not just, you know, be lost in all the uh, craziness with the what computers will be generating in our reality for what our reality will seem like it is. But then, like I said, if you mix that in with a path of, like I said, we're on a path to be where freedom will be completely bred out if we don't, you know, fight for freedom and we don't um, protect and... and uh, Sorry, I'm now getting other technical problems here. If we do not ensure and enshrine freedom and the principles of freedom in our children and teach them how to remain free, freedom will be a thing that wasn't even re remembered or understood, or it won't even be a subject of interest. It won't even be a topic of understanding, period, the end. But it's like the whole, you will own nothing and be happy, like, you won't even know what the fuck's going on. Like, you won't even know what ownership is. You're going to be entranced and uh, completely entangled in this 
you know, mind control apparatus of AI that I, I believe will be used against you by the, the elite class, by the ruling psychopaths, by the oligarchs, by the cartels, whatever you want to call it, the T3, they, them, those that won't leave us alone, as Ernie Hancock would say it, whoever they are, those people that won't leave us alone, uh, the people like the Gatesian, you know, Schwabian enigma, like their essence, those f f types of people, right? Uh, they will be using this technology against you. They will be using it to control you. They will be using it to aim directly at us. And the fact that we're even able to sort of play around with some things that are kind of like AI right now uh, are, you know, it's even amazing. But the fact, you know, I mean, the, the Internet was created by the military. The vaccines that we recently, everybody took, that was a DARPA thing, a military thing. The gain of function was developed by the military. I mean, everything in your modern world that makes up what it is was a militarized technology developed by the military. Facebook was lifelogged by DARPA before it became uh, Facebook. The fact that, oh, now you have open AI, you have access, that's obviously something used to collect the data even more on us to be able to manipulate us further down the road. Uh, just like with the NSA and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff that's going on. Oh, it's only Twitter that covered up the Biden laptop. Like, do you think that's the only thing that's been going on with as far as what's going on with these social media companies and how they're being used to manipulate you? Um, so, yeah, AI, I think that we don't understand it as a, the general public. I don't think I do. I don't think that we're really understanding the trap that we're walking into by just kind of allowing it in our lives without even really understanding how to defend against it. I do think it's an awesome tool I use uh, and and learn and try to understand more about it and use the tools that are available like chat GPT and some of the artwork generators I've been playing around with and will probably at one point be creating my thumbnails using something that has to do with that. I mean, even Canva, the thing that I use to create these slideshow presentations has an AI assistant notion that I use has an AI assistant. seems like everything has their own little thing. And that's only like what we understand about it. I was, I was thinking the other day, you know, what if we didn't know what AI was and then like somebody did know and they were trying to explain it to you what it was, but you had never heard of it, didn't know what it was. Um, what would you envision this thing as? Like, what do you mean there's a thing that I can type in and it types back? Like, who's typing back? Well, it's this algorithm that creates, uh, you know, goes all the, the deep knowledge of everything that it's been fed as information and then calculates the best way to put it back. I mean, that would be like what someone's trying to explain. So you're like, oh, so it's this like chat, like AOL kind of thing, right? That's, I think, even like the Overton window shifted in the wrong direction. Like we don't, that's not what AI is going to be doing and how it will affect our lives is not even understood yet by people. And it is very dangerous, uh, the direction that we're headed. Not because I think the machines are going to take over, but I, I think that the governments of the world will be in battle between this sort of bio war, you know, viruses and nanobots and attacks like that, that people don't, even ha they're going to launch nukes at us. Like that's probably not how it's all going to go down with the next world war three is like psi war, but then also like the bio war weapons that aren't even understood in the environment, right? Including cyber and AI. And that will be understood 
by the most powerful militaries on the planet, who will then claim that it must be under their control because of the security threat that it is. And they're probably not wrong that it's a security threat, but that's the my biggest risk factor, I think, is not just that the cyberpunks or these people are going to start creating viruses with AI. I think that the most powerful militaries and hence then the governments and then hence the people behind the governments that are really the shadow government behind the scenes controlling things, the elite psychopath Luciferian death cult will be the ones in power of the most powerful AI on the planet by necessity in their minds, you know, by we have to do this to control blah, 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 just like they do with everything else. We have to depopulate the planet in this way, because if we don't, the oceans are going to rise. We have to take control of the AI. So I I just see that that's the direction it's headed, uh, no matter what uh, we do. But um, imagine the tools that they'll come up with in order to do more behaviorism on you, right? In order to create the social conditioning, the cybernetic loops and things like that with this new technology. So, so that's what we're going to have to learn how to defend against in the future. And the not, not like in the distant future, like now, right now, we need, and I would say it, we needs, I'm a we need now, we need to come up with technologies to defend against deep fakes to understand what when something's ai and when it's not and so when it becomes to the point where your human brain can't interpret if something's real or not and it looks real regardless you can't really tell we're definitely going to have to have methods of interpreting with it probably other ais is this an ai generated thing happening or is this reality because if we don't then i think we're headed for like a chimeric furry transgender transhuman do whatever say whatever future that it's really not based in any sort of reality and that very well could be the end of this human experiment thing because we've gone so far off the rails at that point that yeah it might be really bright and flashy colors towards the end there but uh, i think we should really try to avoid that catastrophe that we're stepping into daily uh, even further every day so we will uh, continue. I have a few slides here, okay? And then we'll wrap up the show. I want to show what I, I, I was trying to use. <laughs> uh, AI to talk about human slavery and, and have it generate some cover art for me. And this is one of the things, that, images that it came up with here. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, it just looks... and it, Like the words that I get back sometimes, I don't know if I haven't trained my prompts properly. I don't know a lot about the generator. I was using Starry AI to, to, to generate this. There's probably some way to make it understand or to write in English, but there was some problem with that. I was trying to pull up some of the more... some of the other pictures I had here. Yeah, so here's that one. I can't remember what I put in there uh, to get these, like, these were, let's see, the elephant ones will come back to you, but here's, yeah, like, it was like, free your mind, and these are some of the, here's another one. The elephant ones are what I always said, like, you know, like, when people say, well, anything is possible, you can do anything that you can imagine. I was like, well, I can imagine 
you know, you heard that growing up as a kid, right? I was like, I can imagine elephants, rainbow elephants on the moon launching with rainbow exhaust coming out of their satellites. Like, is that, if I can imagine it, we can make it happen. Is that true? Well, now with AI, I guess that is true. You can make rainbow elephants on the moon launching with rainbow colored exhaust. And it did it within like two seconds of me putting in that thought in there. So I thought that that was the first image I ever created with AI was uh, rainbow elephants on the moon with rainbow colored exhaust being launched. And that's what it came up with there. So just kind of a funny anecdote to what we've been discussing here today. All right. And with that said, <laughs> we'll go to uh, talking about the getting out of this episode, backing out and out of here, hoping there's no more software freezes. And then I'll get this compiled one way or the other into the full episode now it's going to take me longer today because my process just got all screwed up because of the software crash. But it's a long weekend, a holiday weekend. Uh, take the extra time, get it out there. We will be continuing on these topics. This is, again, is not the full, this is was it, this was everything encapsulated in this one episode of Freedoms Rising. Like this is now, and if you add it to the series, would be the 33rd episode of the series. He's a Freemason. Did you hear he said 33? No, we got left in the ice when we did the Freedoms Rising series. I stopped at 32. And uh, so we're not numbering. I've decided to let all numbers go. We're just doing a flow of episodes, a flow of consciousness, topics. We have bio war, falling in the movement traps. Uh, I used to do walk and talk, so I might get back into that. Creature of control. Liberty lifestyle, alt-life, alt alt-eats, this this stuff is uh, lifelong projects. Um, yeah, it would be cool to say one day you're at a thousand episodes of this or that, but I found that being able to f- sort of keep going back and filling the slots on these particular topics and then adding a topic and we'll, we'll keep going back and updating and revising our, our journey with the creature of control and we'll continue to discuss these things from various aspects of investigation. And that way, you know, we keep it fresh. We keep it honest. If we make mistakes, we'll come back and correct it. We're not claiming to be a complete 100% expert here or a perfect individual, a Jesus type person. You know, we're just using the skill set that I have to put out the content in a way that I hope is creative for certain people that they will find consumable and we'll try to, you know, continue to up the quality as we move on down the road here. So Freedoms Rising content is not done. We are definitely not done with the topic. We're going to have to come back probably in the next series and continue on what things are blocking Freedoms Rising. So we need to go in depth more on not just like the mental hurdles and the, you know, enslaved mind that we talked about today that's lethargic, apathetic, ignorant, mind controlled, doesn't really care, doesn't have true care. But what are the other things blocking freedoms rising? Maybe we can take one topic and go more in depth on that. Maybe we bring in some more content from other creators to highlight certain aspects of what we've discovered along the way, right? Towards our path to freedoms rising. And uh, some of those that we'll definitely be continuing to highlight uh, in that journey are 
who we're going to exit the series here or the episode today with with Michael Tesserion on unslavement. Again, as far as I know, Michael created the unslaved term. He has a podcast called Unslaved. Uh, he currently produces the content and puts it in that website, Unslaved. And I happen to know other producers. Uh, content creators out there who sort of just ignore that and they're uns- they're the unslaved like there's this guy uh paul unslaved who basically uh uses that word and i don't think ever references or gives credit to michael or if he does it's kind of like well fuck michael to and i fucking did it you know like i don't know i don't watch a lot of that dude's content but I'm trying to give full credit where credit's due. And Michael Tesserion has been a big influence on my journey. Um, I know there's some rifts between him and some of the sort of the natural law or anarchist people and the One Great Work Network type folks. Uh, because Michael's a statist because he doesn't just exactly fully agree with how everything is stated by Mark Passio or by other people and doesn't just completely narrate exactly how everybody says the thing. That he's a statist then. Oh, he's just a statist. It's just such a simplified way of uh, looking at how what I think really needs to happen here is an upgrading of the language that we're all using and not all using the exact same terms to explain everything. And we all, you know, have to say it this certain way. And if you don't, if you really do think that like someone like Michael is just, it's just so simplified, he just must be some crazy statist because he doesn't just fully agree with anarchy the way that we say that anarchy is, and he says it's in another way. Even though if you watch his work, he definitely has gone into differ- differentiating the types of anarchism as well. He just doesn't focus solely on this one topic and only do- discuss things in that one way. Um, but he's been a big influence on me and impact in my work as well as the style even with the slideshow, you know, we're going to go back in the future and cover more of Michael's work, like I said, but Michael Tesserion on unslavement in a more recent uh, footage uh, stuff from him, not back to like Age of Manipulation or those other uh, early 2000s even presentations. But um, this is a more recent clip. It's audio only, has like a cover art over it. And he'll be talking about his take on on some of the things having to do with enslavement. So that'll be interesting to close out the episode. And then I'll come back and do a quick outro into the outro music for today and introduce what that's going to be at that point. So for now, we're just going to let Michael take over here and get into that. See you in a minute. If you're in the conspiracy movement, you're somebody like me who's got a career, been doing all this work, a lot of it can seem to be critical, uh, negative or whatever. It's really not, but it comes across that way. So people are saying, you know, you keep on deconstructing things. You keep on complaining about the way things are, you know, but, you know, what are the solutions? So it's very important to be accurate, you know, because there's going to be a lot of knee-jerk reaction just to anyone critiquing so deeply the system. So therefore, a person like me has to have their facts together. They've got to have read, they have to know what they're talking about, and they have to offer coherent solutions. So when I say that, you know, the fist that crushes the tyrant's head becomes a tyrant in its stead, you know, these are deeply profound uh, anecdotes, deeply profound sayings. Uh, When I say that, you know, it's complicity on our side, it's not just gun to the head. Uh, When I say these things, you're going, you're going to the deepest 
of the sages, their, their work, you know, your Tolstoys, you know, government is an organization that does violence to the rest of us. You know, tyranny is more organized than freedom, etc. You know, we are drawing upon a long line of thinkers from all walks of life, newspaper men, journalists, savants, poets, all the way up to the top level philosophy, uh, not to mention the psychologists, you know. And even and, and sometimes I pull from people who are on the right wing, some people I pull from the left wing, you know, that, that's really immaterial because at some point people have complaints about the way things are. But it's no good approaching people in today's world with those complaints unless you have coherent solutions. Otherwise, you're just a malcontent. And uh, that only, you know, a lot of bands, musical bands have that, a lot of people just waving placards. Malcontent you can find on any street corner. But somebody who can say, here's the solution. Don't leave consciousness at the door. Observe the way, like you just said, in which I've enslaved myself. What is it in my psyche that needs the authority figure? You know, this is, this is automatically taking us into the realm of deep psychology, deep philosophy. If somebody follows you down that path, they may say, oh, yeah, so, some of this sounds familiar. We've had some religious people. We've had some theologians who worry about the fate of man. He's becoming too collectivized or he's becoming too superficial. We've got people even in the evangelist movement who are worried about marketing. I agree with them. I'm not an evangelist, you know, and I don't like most of what evangelists are up to, you know, and ever, but, but you'll find plenty of areas where there's a crossover, where those people are deadly afraid of the effects of marketing, of advertising, of the pornog pornographization or whatever you want to call it, you know, the, the lewdness and the general immor immorality of society. And they're correct. So, you know, but, but could I sit down at the table with one of those guys? I would, but they won't. So when you're in the conspiracy movement, you know, you're the sort of uh, friend of no one, enemy of everyone. And, and it's going to take time then for the unslaved to even, to, I mean, the enslaved to even realize what your benefit is. Because I've noticed that people in general who, as long as they see you sort of looking familiar, looking like them, coming from the same world with them as them, waving your PhD around, looking like you're in a suit and tie, straight up and down guy, or even in any way that you look like them, like the audience, they will listen more uncritically to what you're saying. If you're somebody like me who doesn't come from any other background, I'm not coming from art or computers or teaching or business or high finance, you know, or computers or whatever. I'm coming from the esoteric tradition. I don't look like my audience for the most part. And if you also happen to be someone who is uh, different in other ways, and your message is a bit obscure, people's arms are folded, and they're much more critical. You know, you can see the furrows on their brow. He's deceiving me. Is he trying to say evil is good? You know, and every defense mechanism is up. Now, I'm not against that, because I can hold my own. I'm bulletproof, and I can, I can talk you down. I, can, I, can, I have nothing to fear, nothing to hide. But there is this enslavement that says, if he looks like Joe Schmo, if he looks like the guy next door, I'll believe it. And the, and you know, the defenses are down. If it's somebody that from outside that world, they have to, they have to win their stripes. They have to walk over, you know, broken glass. And then the latter day sort of Johnny, the sort of, you know, bandwagon hoppers are able to come in through the jungle that you've helped carve a way through. You know, the green, it's a green light all the way from them. So in a way, there's good and bad to that by having to, Go that extra distance to convince people. I've become in my career, you know, bulletproof. I've become a lot more, uh, uh, you know, 
erudite, I've become more factual than I was, say, 10 years ago or whatever. I've developed and I've had my facts down so that now when I know the few who do come and they come with admiration and they come with true genuine uh, need and uh, open receptivity, then, you know, the package that I'm handing, I think, is second to none because of that tempering, you know, and that going through the furnace where other people are still, uh, uh, you know, a jumble of sort of miscellaneous stuff. They've surfed the Internet or they've, you know, read a few sound bites and then they present themselves some sort of expert, you know. That's okay. We need it for all levels. But with my work, with what we, you and I are doing, you know, there's gonna there's a whole different level. You know, we, some people could call it raising the bar, but it's been just a slow maturation of a good wine over a longer period of time, you know, uh, and that has its own benefits because it's more thought out, it's more deep. And so, yeah, there's enslavement, but that's on many levels. It depends what people want. And at some point, they're going to have to come to this Lyman where they're saying, I understand completely what Michael is saying. It's not just about the gun to the head or wily and draconian thing, the boot on the face of humanity. It's about myself. So now this thing becomes, you know, to cut a long story short, as I've said before, it's holy work. The very moment that somebody realizes, oh my goodness, this is about me, there's going to be a different kind of perspiration on the broad. There's going to be a different kind of homework involved. There's going to be a different kind of intensity in that enslavement. It's not just, uh, you know, giving you a bunch of facts so that you know that tyranny exists or that some crime families have been, you know, going back to the time of Egypt. That's all very important. Or who, who, who really controls the world, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all vital things to know. But always the root of my tree, the foundations of my building in this go much deeper. They go back into the psyche. They talk about psychic sovereignty. They talk about psychic immunity. They talk about how the master manipulates your own psychological weaknesses. And the moment that somebody really, truly grasps that, then they're on the road to being completely unslaved. But it's going to be a journey that not every one of their fellows you know, will want to take. Haven't you heard people forever regale people like us about, well, where's the solutions? Yeah, it's just, it's like, where's the solutions? Like, you, you, you want to play a one-armed bandit and just get an immediate laundry list of here's to-dos. There are solutions. I deal with solutions. But the person who's asking that question forgets that our, I can give you a tool, like a physical tool, right? Uh, until you go fix that computer, go fix that those speakers, go, go tinker around with... And, and if you've never seen that thing before, or you have no idea how to use a screwdriver or a, a, you know, a ratchet or some other even more complex... You know, like do sur go and do surgery. Here's a knife. You know, you're not going to be able to do it. So the person who screams for solutions, that's always gone through one ear out the other. Although I deal in solutions, I'm not a fool. You know, this, you know, you don't just walk into the military academy as a private and then become a, a, a general right away. I'm asking that person who's screaming that way. Oh, who are you? Are you clean enough to even apply the solution? Could you carry it out? You're, in order to become a good soccer player, a good ball player, a good ba baseball player, a good golfer, haven't you had to go through a probationary period? Tell me one thing of meaning in a person's life, from their schooling to other extracurricular, uh, you know, riding a bike even, let alone, as you're saying, the martial arts. Everyone will acknowledge that they came in as an acolyte. They came in as a neophyte, and they had to win their stripes. But on the Internet and in this community, you get people there with folded arms talking about, give me the solution. And I go, I could give you the solution, but I don't know that you are efficient enough or accredited enough to go into the enemy camp 
and do damn all with it. And as fact, as I look around the world and I see all these Occupy movements and We Are Changes and, and, and many others I could mention, and even individuals within this movement naming no names, swindlers and all sorts of uh, con artists, you know, how do I know that the person who's screaming for answers is even capable of imp imp uh, applying even one of those solutions? So, And it becomes all the more important when you're dealing with the physical. Like, for instance, say we are talking about shadow work. We've really nailed something key about our solutions, about, you know, getting fit, losing weight, toughening up, uh, being alert, you know, how your, how your daily pattern is. Not in a militaristic or regimented way, but in a good holistic way. Yeah, but so then some guy who, who hasn't done one iota of any of that work, hasn't even concerned himself, he's guzzling big gulps, you know, and his diet's full of sugar and, and God knows what else. Uh, you're going to tell me now that that person is, like we said, on the way to wholesome, and to be enslaved? No, they're not. But that person may have been screaming 24 or 7, these guys have got no solutions. The solutions, I don't have, the solutions have been there for hundreds of years. Go read Gustave Le Bon, go read Ayn Rand. I can give you a list of 10 people that you could master in two years. It's, even the reading list wouldn't even take you more than a year or ten, two years if, if you really were serious. I've said this before, I think you know, we've talked about this in other shows, that even a Michael Tassarin reading list, and this even includes your Nathaniel Brandons and you know a few others that people might not have heard of. But if you really were serious about it, you could get within 18 months, you'd pretty much know, you know what you're doing, you know, a good intelligent person, starting from scratch. I think they'd, they'd make such incredible progress that after two years they'd be teaching you the stuff you gave them. So then what on earth is the problem? The solutions have already been out there. A person like me is only a filtration system, right? Knowing that people don't have the 30 years of research. So I try to say, okay, I've done a lot of research and I can, I filter down to the best of the best, you know, in different subject categories. And it's like teaching somebody an instrument, say a guitar. You have to look at their hands. You've got to say, what kind of music do you even like? You can't just walk into a guitar shop and buy one. I've got to know a lot about you first. You know, because there's all different sizes and different gauges of strings and, and all sorts of different, uh, you, you might buy a guitar completely wrong for the kind of music that you're heading down to play. If you play classical or jazz, it's going gonna, it's gonna to matter. The size of your hands, uh, you know, the stature of your body, the way you like to sit, it's all going to matter. And it's exactly the same with these solutions. So I'm not there to dispense solutions. I'm there to bring the person in. But I can't walk that journey for them. I can only say, here's the categories. You know, if you're into Atlantis or ancient this, or say you're into astrotheology, or you like numbers and geometry and sacred geometry and, you know, gematria and that, or no, you want to talk more about the tarot and divination. You know, I try to create a whole smorgasbord of categories that people can come in and say, these are the best of the, of the great thinkers in this movement. But if somebody picks up, oh, wait a minute, my God, Alistair Crowley? Manly Palmer Hall? They're evil. I'm off of here. Oh my God, the whole thing stinks. Hey, do I run after them and go, what are you doing? No, I let them go. Go back to the world, mate. Go back to ignorance. With my blessing, go ahead. The beast will just eat you alive. You know, if you're truly with a hunger, then you realize these people have provided solutions for you, but I need to come there. I need to get my arms around all the information. I need to study what interests me and leave the rest. I shouldn't even, you know, people come to me all the time, especially by email and say, Michael, where should I start? What should I do? What do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? And I'll say, oh, I can, I can tell you a few places to start, but I'm sorry, I can't answer these next questions where you're asking me about the work of other people because I don't comment on it. Because if you knew anything about my work, and of course newbies, they don't, so I then have to always explain it. But sometimes I get a little touchy when it's somebody who I know has been around a while and they're asking me those kinds of questions. I mean, haven't you got the gist of what my work is? My gist is not to be holding your hand. 
You go study whatever interests you. But I'm not going to con, con, you know, I'm not going to say what I think of, uh, uh, Gurdjieff or what I think of this guy or that guy. You know, not, not in depth anyway. Uh, you are the one to go look at that stuff, research it. If it, if it sings to you, then by all means. If you like the Course in Miracles or you like the Bible or you like, uh, you know, another, uh, you like, uh, you know, like, like you're saying Chinese Oriental philosophy more than something from the West. That's all your own sort of selection. I'm not there to dominate and, and to, to uh, advise that it's a one-size-fits-all you know, system. But what I am there to do is to help people, especially newbies to this, coming in for the first time. Uh, but I can't, you know, to create those categories, but I can't stop their knee-jerk reactions. I can't cleanse them of all the baggage that they're bringing in from the world, all these preconceptions. And I can't, and I cannot stop their knee-jerk reaction against me personally, which, you know, these are the things that stand in the way. To me, those are all forms of enslavement. And I can speak with authority on this, you see, because if I think of myself in the days of ignorance, my, my, my God, were they deep? Were they deep? Right? If I think back, okay, what age? Even up to 24, 30, 30, 33, I didn't know nothing. And when I look back to, to that time, when I saw, you know, when I, when I look back and I can see my own ignorance, the difference with me and the people that I see today is that when I came upon a teacher, no matter who they were, now granted later on I may have parted with that teacher or I may have said, oh, I see the inadequacies of that person. But see at the time when I first came upon a teacher, be it in book form or be it in some other art form or some even live person, have you any idea of the hunger that I had? Have you any idea of the respect that I had and, and what I was willing to do to have that person impart their wisdom to me? There was admiration, there was reverence, there was completely different kind of energy than I see today with arms folded and this contempt and this cantankerousness and this doubt. I didn't have that as a beginner. I had absolute hunger to learn and that feeling that I knew nothing. Like Socrates said, I know that I know nothing and that as my knowledge increases, I know less and less. I was so possessed with that feeling that I was, I was devouring books. I was, I, I was seeking out anything and everything so that I could find it the right way. Because I knew that if I can't know the truth, at least there's people out there who have, you know, found the truth. Let me start at A. I didn't want to jump guns. I didn't want to turn over two pages at once. You know, now I had reservations. I wasn't willing to humble myself to, to an extreme extent, you know, and fall at the feet of some guru. I wouldn't go to that length. That's not what I'm talking about. But I had this very positive hunger that after setting out on the journey, you know, I would, I, I met people I met the world, I met the world of knowledge with an incredible hunger and incredible reverence. Uh, and that's part of being enslaved because the way you walk the road, right, the way you walk the road to truth turns out to be as important as the road itself or the goal. The way you walk, the energy you brought with you through the darkness, the relationship that you had with your own darkness and your own ignorance, all of that is born in mind. You can't just jump over and then, you know, become the PhD, become the sort of enlightened one. It won't, that's not... That's, that's what I say, bringing in the baggage of the way the world works. The world works that way, where you jump through these hoops, mate, and we'll give you a scroll. We'll give you the key to the door. In spiritual teachings, it's completely different. You may have to even go back over the old road many times. You may have to, like the snakes and ladders game, come back down to square one uh, many, many times, by the way. This is not necessarily in the world. When they give you a prize, they give it to you. But in spiritual teachings, the whole thing is a labyrinth that can fold back on itself. There's no, there's no rules. The way you walk the road determines the rules and the vistas and the goals. It's a very different set of laws and rules. So this is why I say even though we provide the solutions, that doesn't let the person off the hook automatically that they can come in with all of their worldly baggage, with all their nonsensical self-image, with all of their projections and counter-projections on you. 
and then at the same time expect you know to then immediately transform the world? No, it doesn't work like that. All right, so excellent clip there from the Michael Tesserion again of unslaved.com and you can find him at michaeltesserion.com as well. Lots of good articles and work that he's mainly looks like he's been pulling off of YouTube essentially to try to get everything under the umbrella of unslaved. I couldn't tell you exactly why or whatever, but that work is harder to find. I've also had people comment that, oh, well, isn't that the crazy Atlantis guy who didn't provide a lot of resources? And A, there were lots of resources in Irish origins of uh, civilization and the Atlantis work that Michael did. But also, I think that's uh, sort of limiting to think like, oh, oh, he's in like the David Icke uh, lizard people category, one of those people that doesn't provide references like that is absolutely actually not the case. And I think that that would then make you be missing out on a large portion of the great work that Michael's been doing, you know, from those early days on. And, uh, you know, I have lucky enough to have the arc drive from Mike, Mark Passio uh, of what on earth is happening.com and the one great work network. I got Mark's arc uh, probably two or three years ago. So whatever's been added to it since then, I don't have, but I'm not lacking in awesome information that's on the drive, including videos, podcasts, uh, audio books, and uh, lots of PDFs, uh, tons of information, more than I'm ever going to be able to go through. But Michael's work is all on the ARC drive as well. And uh, I mean, I even know Mark is like one of the folks that is like, yeah, Michael Tessarion is just a status now, and because apparently Michael didn't want to speak at the conference or there was some issue with uh, I think Michael did end up speaking at one of the Free Your Minds, um, but there was some comment made on Facebook about, you know, Mark's, one of Mark's order-following videos. Anyway, now I'm just rambling. I think what I'll do here, I'm going to round the third base plate to home here to make a Masonic baseball reference. And uh, the last song here, I in- mentioned earlier that John Trudell was featured in the music he was sampled in there and then i even uh brought up derek earlier when i was talking about you are powerful you are beautiful you are free so both of these characters have been mentioned in this episode already but this next song is under derek's artist label called 33 so (laughs) he's a mason guys and he's in the illuminati and that's why he's running for the mayor of houston right now No, Derek is an awesome individual. I know him in real life. I've met him in person many times. We've worked on projects together, mainly projects that he's been working on, and I've helped facilitate that, including uh, the activation tour recently that came through when Derek recorded uh, the holistic self-assessment online. I was part of that production. He did that for the autonomy group. And uh, you can do the holistic self-assessment, I believe, for free. I don't know, but he puts that book out there. It's a great book to go through as well. Um, back to the Decentralize Your Life tour in like 2016, uh, when I first met Derek and I helped him create that logo for that tour, um, which ended up being like plastered on the hood of a car, like blown up huge. <laughs> it was weird to see something I made like on this giant 
sticker on an automobile. But uh, since then, I've really respected and appreciated the path that Derek has taken and the things that he's worked on and the work that he continues to do over at the Conscious Resistance Network dot com. I think it's just the conscious the conscience resistance dot com, and uh, you can find more about the things that he's put out over the years there. Uh, if you've not heard of Derek's work, I would highly suggest checking it out. Although I think most of the people that are sort of in our circle know who the individual is, uh, may or may not have been familiar with some of his music, but I think this song goes along well with the episode theme and the be a perfect tie on to the end here of this episode. So I want to appreciate everybody for tuning in today. And uh, we had a technical difficulty. There was a crash midway through the stream. So I'll be getting the Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble, IPFS downloads, audio version out um, as soon as possible. And so bear with me as I get that out. But we will get a complete episode out. Luckily, we have local recording still good to go. So even though there was that problem today, we will get the content out to you. And again... Um, We'll be continuing on with Freedoms Rising, and the information that we discussed today is not uh, meant to be just all-encompassing of the information. We are going to be continuing down this road with this topic, and with that being said, I want to say thank you for riding along with me today and working through those difficulties. And other than that, we will see you next time. Here is 33 Derek Bros with the song Reflection. And uh, we'll see you next time. It's time to reflect. The people who have created this system and they perpetuate this system, they are out of balance. So let's do this. They have made us out of balance. I woke up this morning feeling I had something to say. I got doubts on my mind. It's time to let them fly away. It's time to unlearn poison and heal broken hearts. Go back to the end. It's time for a fresh start. This is the place we can atone for our sins. This is the place where our hero's journey begins. A space between love and hate where there's no escape from our fate. Rather than be irate, let's create, let's build. The better world we know is possible. I've got no fear because we can overcome any obstacle. I stare all my demons in the face. I'll show you what's possible. I send love from my heart. I'm intuitive, not illogical. It's just that lately I've been searching for deeper meaning. I'm sick of drugs, booze, mindless sex, and criminal scheming. Feels like I should have more at this point in time. I'm talking knowledge, not money. I'm trying to feed my mind. See, we are power. I see my life in chapters of seven I connect to my inner child to heal my wounds I remember those I've lost to dope gone too soon My life flashes before me A collage of joy and pain I recall the highs, the lows I swear I'm going insane I'm trying to wrap my mind around this journey Spent too much time worrying about things that don't concern me No more Time wasted, not chasing my dreams I wake up every day knowing this world ain't what it seems We gotta find our own path We gotta make our own meaning Cause we can't be sure we might be dreaming all i know is when i look in your eyes i see myself i'm just a reflection of your impression of my higher self could it be that our whole reason for being our existence is a lesson to teach us over and over until we get this you are powerful you are beautiful and you are free 
Shake off your chains, you are blind, but now you see. Grandfather, help us remember where we come from. Grandmother, walk with us until this battle is won. I'm here right now. Just here to remind you to give thanks where you come from. Think about where you're headed. 33, out. We are a natural part of the earth. We are an extension of that natural energy, that natural energy which is spirit and which is power. That is natural power. And just as it takes millions and billions of elements to make a blizzard to happen or to make the earthquake, to make the earth to move, then it's going to take millions and billions of us. We are power. We have that power. You are powerful, you are beautiful, you are free.